Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast. We're your host, Scarlett Burks and Laurel Wilhelm Bolpe. We will trade off hosting duties this year to bring you a wide range of data experts discussing audience strategy, emerging trends, and practical ways to boost campaign performance. In January, we are excited to bring you a fireside chat where special guest Danny Benowitz, president of Magna US, and Axiom Senior Vice President John Baldino take a look at what is on the horizon for addressable TV in 2021. Well, we're going to start off with a fireside chat with Danny Benowitz uh, from Magna. We're going to discuss media and data trends for 2020 and as we go and look forward to 2021. And with that, I want to welcome my friend and U.S. President of Magna, Danny Benowitz, to get this celebration started. Danny? Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm Danny Benowitz. I am the U.S. President of Magna, and uh, it's like to be here. Awesome. What a year it's been. (laughs) As we're wrapping this year up, things have changed in so many levels from on the media side, and where investment has gone, what things have have transpired with with the current environment we're in. And I know Magna does a lot of research in the media consumption. What trends have you seen that have happened um, in light of COVID? Uh, Great. Uh, It's been a crazy, interesting whirlwind of a year. Um, I can't believe it's nine, 10 months we're in lockdown and working from home. And uh, a lot of things have changed. So from a consumption standpoint, first and foremost, Americans are now averaging five more hours per week with media than they were last year. So five more hours, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, Mostly with computers, obviously mobile and streaming. Um, radio, I would say usage with radio is down mainly because we're missing drive time. People aren't commuting and traveling as much. And this also affects at home, especially as it relates to ad spend. Um, mm-hmm. one thing and I'm about to out all of us who are working from home, not surprisingly, people do watch TV content while they are working. And that's either with or without sound. We always knew, especially come around NC2A time of year that people are doing both, but the environment that we're all facing at home lends certainly us to be more hungry for information ever. And what people are watching is certainly news. News by far is the number one thing that people who are working from home are consuming during the day. Um, in terms of ratings and television, when we first went into lockdown, there was a little bit of spike um, that quickly faded as people started to stream more and more. Um, cable news is really right now the only place linear TV is seeing gains. Um, another thing I think we were all hoping for and waiting for was the return of sports, and that would bring people back to the sets. It's not really doing exactly what we thought it was going to do. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of sports that came back at once, probably cannibalized each other. And we saw some strange things. We saw a lot of reversal in what we saw last year. So for example, for the NBA, where last year people were really excited about the playoffs, but not the regular season, that sort of 
switch this year. More people were excited about the regular season than the playoffs, um, the NFL ratings. And I'm sure a lot of this has to do with what we call the COVID train that goes on every week where Sunday football becomes Tuesday football becomes Wednesday at 345 night football. Um, the NFL ratings continue to uh, decrease. They're down around 12%. Um, I would say the other fun consumption trend we're seeing, and I have a teenage daughter, so not surprising, but TikTok has emerged as the top social platform or the so top social app in 2020. So we're seeing a lot of usage there with, um, with um, yeah, with, with a lot of users if you will. So it, it seems like a lot of people, as we know, spend a lot more time at home with, are we seeing the trends in new, new channels? Because the switch from linear, as you're saying, with live TV to CTV, and how is that, how is that going to shift things uh, from a, a TV consumption perspective? Well, we're certainly seeing people spending more and more time with streaming. I think streaming's up like something like 70% versus what it is. You know, obviously there are a lot more new offerings out there, both from an SVOD as well as an AVOD, either subscription or mm -hmm. commercial included. Um, and they're smart, right? So if you think about what Disney Plus is doing with The Mandalorian, they're releasing them on a weekly basis to try and keep people, right? It's reminding me of, frankly, what we used to do in, in primetime television, right? You're going to wait week to week to week. Of course, there are people who are waiting till it's done and streaming, but I think um, what I've seen, obviously, Disney Plus do, what we see Hulu do with some of their FX releases is at least it, it keeps people more engaged on a weekly basis. Yeah, and one of the trends that we've seen it is the the importance of understanding who your customer is and as advertisers are now trying to be more targeted and reach them as they're they're not in different they're in different channels than where they were before and it's coming with a very specific message and really get them when they're they're ready to be ready to consume that message um and have you seen any any new trends in the data space with use of better understanding their customers, um, better targeting or engaging and in, in the media mix? Well, I would definitely say that we are seeing much more traditional players rely on their data-driven products. Um, I think obviously from a, our side of the table, we, we talk about HVAs, you and I spent a whole year talking about mm -hmm. categories and high value audiences and how do we make a shift from general adult 18 to 49 to, for lack of a better word, auto intenders. So I think we're seeing a lot more of our media partners lean in, try and use their own data sets or God willing, combine with ours to, to trade better. Um, and I think, what COVID will certainly do is, listen, the ratings in television are, are down significantly. Prime's down 34%, cable's down 18%. Um, but television is still a huge reach builder, right? So how do we actually reach people, to your point, where they're most receptive to advertising um, in the program, they're most receptive to listening to our messages? That's great. We had a big political climate 
uh, and and things happening in there. And have we seen any shift in the in the in trends in political ads? And have we? Has, how did that pan out in 2020? Yeah, well, I mean, from a, I, I would say, obviously, 2020 was looking pretty bleak um, mm-hmm. for a, a lot of reasons. Obviously, most of the key categories, with the exception of a couple, were down. Travel was down. Auto was down. Retail was down. You know, pharma continued to be strong. Um, and I think people spent a lot half of the year wondering, do they stay on the air? Do they come off the air? Are they changing their messaging to be more culturally relevant? All that happened. Then this whirlwind of political advertising came, which was significant. Um, and that tended to pick up both digital as well as linear advertising. Um, what we believe is gonna happen next year is that we Magna just actually released our global forecast for the end of this year and for 2021. We believe total ad spend next year in the US will be up 4%. Um, that will be driven by digital, which we believe will be up probably around seven to 8%. Seven to 8% I would say the biggest drivers in digital spend in order will be video, social, then search. Um, but overall average about 8%. From a TV standpoint, TV will be up versus where we are now. Um, And local will obviously not have the benefit of political advertising. So they'll likely be down Um, at home. Hopefully we'll start to have a resurgence. So we expect big gains there as well. That's good. It is the research as we look into and focus on 2021, because I think everyone's ready for uh, 2020 to disappear. Um, as you see these shifts, do you see any new, like, I know TikTok was a, a big platform. Uh, do you see any new platforms that are, are going to be accelerating or any new trends I mean, not new trends, I would say continue, right? I think connected televisions are are not going away. Um, You know, I would say that 12% of homes drop their cable services last, or 12% of homes drop their MVPDs last year. So, you know, I think more and more people are going to get off traditional cable, continue to grow. Magna's got some numbers on that. Most people have replaced their cable subscriptions with an SVOD subscription. Um, We see about the average person who's got a subscription got over five different places they can choose from. That changes with age, Uh, 35 to 44, that age group is actually, and that's not surprising based on income. They are the heaviest subscribers for for streaming and, and connectivity, so um, we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, you know, I think, I think as when you go back to linear television, as new programming comes back on, like January, you'll see some of the networks start. Like Fox has got most of their drama launching. We'll see what happens with the ratings, but I, the erosion, the erosion is not going to go away. And I think more and more of our content partners are focusing on programming for their SVOD, AVOD services, or at least starting on one and moving it to the other. So I I think for sure 
I, I look at streaming now, I think I've said this before, maybe to you. I look at streaming now the way we used to look at cable, right? Cable was gonna take over broadcast and every major broadcaster had a cable service, if you will, or a cable network. We're seeing that with streaming. You know, we have, Disney has Disney Plus, we see Warner has HBO Max, Disney's also taking on Hulu, NBC has Peacock. CBS has got all access, Discovery's just launching, AMC's launching. So I think we're gonna go through this new sort of emergence of streaming wars, if you will. And it'll be interesting to see what that does um, for television. But my guess is ratings will continue to decline, but TV will continue to still be a very good mass reach medium. I think live and event will be more and more what you see on, for lack of a better word, the big screen mm -hmm. and regular TV, not regular TV, but regular content drama comedies will go back to the living room just on a different distribution channel. I, yeah, I, I think I fall into uh, the five streaming services and I'm going through everything with binging and it, it definitely is more than I, I had consumed before. And so as you start looking at, hopefully when things start opening up, I'm in LA, we're back into lockdown, but as you see things opening up, do you, what do you see with that trend? Where do you think the, the dollars are going to go as TV starts either contracting a bit um, or, or not? Is it, is it going to, and is it dependent on, the lockdowns? Is it dependent on the COVID situation? No, I, I don't think it's dependent on COVID. I think your definition for TV has to change, right? Yeah. We always talk about linear digital, but it's really more about digitization where everything mm -hmm. is digital, right? So we've already started doing this, but TV is no longer just linear television, right? You know, if, if you go back to what I said with the ad forecast, with digital growth, up 8%, 12% of that growth is, is attributed to video in and of itself. So, and even with TV dollars going up 5%, although that's based more on price versus supply, um, more you're just gonna redefine your definition of, of television because it's all about following the eyeballs and reaching viewers where they are, right? Yes. Yeah. And that, and I know with the trend with data driven linear using data to um, more insightfully understand the audience who's viewing programming, where to reach them it is becoming more and more popular. Um, how do you see that that brands advertisers are shifting to use that with the data driven linear and what are some things that will either help them move or are holding them back? It's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, let's talk about what's, I don't want to say holding them back because I think everybody has a desire. It's just a matter of everybody wants to make sure that they're, they're dipping their foot and getting the return on their investment. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think some of the barriers we've seen and we continue to see is a reliance on GRPs to lift outcomes. Right. So most marketers know when they run this many GRPs, they run, they get this much in sales, right? And with GRPs continuing to be the base, it's hard to make the shift to a non 
GRP-based medium, if you will. Um, I would also say that they're mixed marketing models. Um, again, the results confirm that linear works. So you get really good ROI and frankly, it's because there's low CPM bases and good organic reach. So that's a hard thing to get past. And then the other thing I would say is cost is certainly a barrier. Um, as you get more targeted, obviously your costs go up as well as there are incremental costs for targeting measurement tech. So the CPMs ultimately are higher. And then if you think about, even if you think about like a package good advertiser who relies on a heavy mix of 15 second copy in the old days or not the old days, the days of television, 15 second copy is a half the cost of a 30, you get a rating. A rating is a rating regardless mm -hmm. of what size your creative is. When you switch that over to digital, the costs don't actually match it, right? So you're not, you're, you're paying a 30 second cost for a 15 second spot. Ultimately you're losing GRPs. And then that goes against everything I just said, your marketing models and your GRPs. And then the other barrier I would say um, is I think there's also a, a, this feeling of a loss of control when you're, when you're running traditional television. Um, you sort of know what programming, when you're going to run that kind of stuff. I think things that could help is um, measurement, right? So right now we have a major need for increased or more holistic measurement. There's a gap in equating a linear exposure to a nonlinear exposure. So we need something that helps with that. I think we also need something that helps us if we're buying and people are still stuck with the GRP or the age sex demo in television, how do you marry it to a nonlinear resource and what's the measurement that helps us do that? And then lastly, we still need to figure out, even when you're buying both, if you're buying it either from the same provider or from, I make this up a Google TV and a regular network provider, we still gotta figure out how to handle frequency capping and all that kind of stuff. So you don't, you don't get overexposure, you don't piss off an audience. And then how do we prove out new and find new unique audiences, right? Yeah, and I think that's the challenge that we see as the, the TV world, CTV world come into the, the traditional digital programmatic worlds and, and being able to be very one-to-one -one or um, household-based. How do you, how can you start doing measurement across all the channels, making an omni-channel or chan channel-less world. And it, where I've seen is some, some companies and brands are ready for it. Some aren't based on how they're structured. Um, but we've seen the move to get more educated. And this, this world's tough. It's complex. There's a lot of nuances to it. And no one, I, I say not one advertiser is the same as another and how they have to approach it, which makes it even more complex. Um, I, I agree. I do I, think yeah. there is, what, what the good news is that I do think everybody's willing to learn, right? They, they're yeah. hungry to learn. They, they, want to, they want to try. They, they just, it's gonna be sort of like I said, dip your toe in, get some learnings and then go. I constantly ask media partners, 
who are like, hey, we have somebody who's doing this. I'm like, show me a blinded sample, take out names, take out costs. Let me see what they're doing because we all want to learn from each other. Yeah, and as the, the audience here is people are listening, what, what advice would you give to everyone as we're, we're moving into this new world and they need to continue to educate? What, what should they be doing or thinking about? Um, well, a couple of things. First of all, I think if we've learned anything in the last 10 months is you cannot count on anything, right? Everything we know and thought we knew on March 10th changed significantly on March 11th. So um, we certainly we certainly have figured out how do we work the unknown into deals and conversations we're gonna make going forward. I think figuring out, we have a saying that flexibility is the new currency. I never knew what that really meant until I needed to know what that meant. Um, so figuring out how to make our partners dollars flexible and fluent in this new world is going to be important so if you make an investment in with a partner in one channel you're likely as they get more fluent in perhaps data-driven linear or targeting or whatever it is allow us to move to their other channels without penalty um from a learning standpoint, I think you gotta ask a lot of questions. And like I said, I push people like, what do you know? And what can you tell us without giving away your secret sauce or give us a secret sauce? Um, because everybody here wants to know it and they wanna know it fast. Yeah, and what I've seen is you just go back to the core marketing principles and people have to really understand that. What's, what is your, who are you trying to reach? Who are your customers? What do they want? And, and how do you engage with them? And the channels that you engage with them, it, they have to be ready and willing to accept that message when they're ready. So it, it is, it's going back to the basics of core marketing. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Danny, I think we've got some, a couple questions in the okay. Q and A and, uh, Let's see, I've got one here. Uh, the, uh, the average person has more than five streaming uh, subscription services. Why do you think that is? Um, what, have, what have we seen? Well, I, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think obviously content is king. People certainly, the water, the, uh, I just sounded with that accent from where I came from. The water cooler phenomena that used to live in TV still exists. It's just on a different, it's just in a different scale, if you will. So I still think there's FOMO. And if people are hearing that there's a show on, I don't know, the Mandalorians on Disney Plus and somebody else is hearing about, I don't know, something on, dare I say, Netflix, people want to try it in different places, right? I also think from a pricing standpoint, it's cheaper than a cable subscription, if you will. So you can still have four or five at 40 bucks a month, which is much cheaper than, you know, potentially your $200 cable bill, or maybe it's not $200, but you get where I'm going. Um, I oh, think yeah. used. I think there's unique content and I think it's all really high quality. And there are certain things still that you can get away with 
that you can't necessarily get away with in linear television. So it brings more eyeballs to the screen. So speaking of content, as you said, with your uh, your daughter and the TikTok rise of TikTok and advertising in in that uh, world, do you see that's going to open up to advertiser opportunities? We had a question here on that. I mean, I hope so. You can't you can't dismiss that age group, right? Um, they have spending power, whether it's mine or our parents' spending power or their own. And it and you know, again, I would say anybody who has a teenager in the house, it's kind of it's kind of like crack. You start to watch it, and you're like, oh wow, this is kind of entertaining. Um, obviously, there's brand safety, and they're in the they're in the press a lot. But I think we've seen that they're working on it, and they're they're trying to do what they need to do to be a legitimate offering for advertisers. I do think the coming year is going to be very telling, and I, I do think it gives an opportunity to if you're thinking. You want a music um, connection. They launch a lot of artists that way. I think there's a whole new level of influencers that have come out and will continue to come out. So um, I think the answer is going to be yes. Great. Great. That, that's all the questions we had. So with that, Danny, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your insights.